0: Welcome into The, the claptrap. Trap, brought to you by Ultrasound Productions, now also playing on 90.7 WKKL. All right, we are back for another episode of the Clap Trap and I have Coach Kameyer in the whip today if you're watching on YouTube, if you're on the radio or uh, listening as a podcast. I'll just let you know Coach Kameyer's in the car right now talking to me. So we've got him in to talk all about the Patriots game that happened. You heard my opinions on Monday, but I wanted to get Coach Kameyer in here obviously. He had zappy fever going into the game and now after a 29 to nothing victory for the Patriots, we got to hear what he has to say about that. We're going to get into some other topics as well. Some unfortunate injury news with the Patriots. And uh, we're going to do some other NFL topics and things like that. Also, we have, uh, you know, the, the NBA starting pretty soon, too. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about that afterwards. I don't know yet. But just starting off with that Patriots game, Coach. Uh, first of all, glad to have you back on the show. I really appreciate you coming back on. But secondly, obviously, Zappy. Fever has continued. He led the team, or technically led the team, I guess, to a big shutout win. So are you excited about uh, where the Patriots are at right now after being the Lions, or uh, is it more about Zappy? Is it more about the defense? Where are you at emotionally with this Patriots team right now after that that big win? Uh,
1: I'm a little under the weather. Uh, oh, Okay. I don't, I don't know if I have a fever yet, but, like, you know, I would definitely say I definitely got the sniffles, you know. <laughs> I definitely got the sniffles, my man. He he did well. You know, he came there, what, 17 for 21. The ball barely hit the turf. You know, he had the one interception because, you know, I don't know why Aguilar is even on the team, man. He can't catch <laughs> He can't hold on to the ball. He'll fumble the ball. And, you know, he had the one moss a couple of weeks ago It was awesome, but, like, I, the kid, he's, he creates turnovers for the offense consistently. Crazy. It's horrible. So I mean, like, but from purely Bailey Zappi standpoint, bro, it's exactly what I what I thought he was going to be. He's a, he threw the ball every every down at Houston Baptist. He threw the ball every down at Western Kentucky. If there's one thing he knows how to do, it's read a defense and throw the ball. You know what I mean? It's a, it, that's exactly what he did. He made the accurate throws when they needed to come out, and he and he dinked and dunked all the way down the field and it looked awesome. I was going to say, like, the offense looked the smoothest that it looked all season.
0: Did it not? Oh, for sure. For sure it did. It, uh, yeah, I mean, everything, run game, pass game. Uh, I mean, a lot of open passes. But, yeah, uh, no, I think that it worked really well.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, uh, from the Zappy standpoint, I mean, I don't think you could really have a better, you know, coming out party than that and, like, barring him just throwing, like, four touchdowns or something. But that, right. you know. In his first start ever, obviously, Belichick's not going to open it up like that, but I was glad that he opened up even to the point where he threw 21 passes, I thought was like even more than I thought he was going to get going into that game. I thought it was going to be more of like a 12 to 15 attempt day for Zappy. Instead, he threw the ball 21 times, probably because of the success that he had early on. I think he started the game, what, like seven for nine or something. So yeah. Uh, I, I, I was really impressed with it and, you know, obviously it's a lesser opponent. That defense was horrible. Uh, the offense, uh, you know, that we were very scared of maybe like, oh, are we going to be able to score with them? Um, they pretty much just said like, you know, we're going to make Jared Goff try to beat us and we didn't let that happen defensively either. You know, Jack Jones has another big day, uh, you know, uh, Judon has another big day, another sack, another week, another sack, for Judon, you know, so. Um. Uh, yeah, the D. De- you know Kyle Duggar making big plays. Uh, you know the fumble recovery for a touchdown. You know defensive scoring every week. Like we said, that has to happen. I guess like that's <laughs> gonna be a thing now. Just defenses has to score at least one touchdown per week. Um. But yeah, no, I was I was thoroughly impressed as a beat down of the Lions. The Lions a the lesser opponent. It just shows that like Belichick's still a good coach. You know people are talking trash and like when he goes up against an, a lesser opponent, a lesser head coach, like we saw this week. Uh, he's going to exploit it. He's going to
0: make them embarrassed, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, if he goes up against Jared Goff at any point in his entire career, he's going to be giving him more and more nightmares, it seems like. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, yeah. No, I mean, you said it, though. It was an inferior opponent. I don't care how many points they scored against other teams, especially in losses. This team Uh, this Lions team has the worst defense in the entire league. And then their offense was banged up. And on top of it, we made it a point to, like you said, make Jared Goff beat us, but also without his number one weapon in the tight end. I think Hawkinson only had like one catch in the entire game. They locked him down completely. He had Amon St. Brown, who was injured in the game. So they had him on like a snap count, basically. So they didn't have any of their major weapons. DeAndre Swift was out. Uh, that was a major factor to everything that happened. But it seems like Belichick just has Jared Goff's number. No matter what team he's on, he can't do anything against him. So that's pretty easy. On top of it, though, you also had Dan Campbell making some pretty bonehead decisions for this Lions squad. I mean, they went 0 for 6 on fourth downs. Uh, The one to start off the game on a fourth and nine. And you give Bailey Zappi the rookie quarterback in his first start. You give him the ball in offensive territory to start off crazy to start so i think that he did a great job but i think on top of it it started off his his nerves were alleviated immediately by getting that field position and all they had to do was uh, what complete one pass and then he had a field goal I, I mean that's that's what you want out of your rookie quarterback who's getting his first start right so we're going to take our first break of the day but when we come back after this we're going to continue the conversation about the patriots with coach Kameyer on 90.7 WKKL
2: The Claptrap, with your host, Zach Clapp.
0: You're listening to my conversation that I had with Coach Kamaya all about the Patriots-Lions game. Let's get back into it. Wasn't surprised there by that. Wasn't really surprised by the outcome overall. Uh, I guess I was surprised that Detroit wasn't able to score at least once. But once again, it seemed like they were just shooting themselves in their foot. Anytime they would get into the, the offensive side of the field and get into field goal range, they were like, screw that, we have to score touchdowns to beat the Patriots. You don't have to score touchdowns to beat the Patriots right now. I am I mean, I love the team and everything, but if you get a few field goals, don't you think that that's a different game, especially early on?
1: Yeah. I mean, Dan Campbell, bro. It's like, he's, I mean, you watch the hard knocks of the guy. He's like super hard oak coach. Like <laughs> I used to play coach. Like, yep. you know what I mean? And, and that's, that's that's the thing, man. Sometimes players, you know, former good, decent players, whatever, whatever you want to call them, you know, Aren't the best coaches, you know what I mean? They're sometimes they're just not because they let their ego, uh, you know, overtake their play call sometimes, like, right? You know, he's like, I oh, bet I won't go for a fourth and nine. Well, <laughs> I mean, like, dude, right. you know, that's, that's like the vibe I get from Dan Campbell. Like, he's like, We're gonna go for a fourth and nine, I'll yeah, like, you know, um, I mean, yeah. going and, and like, Bell's just like, Oh. Okay, like defense, uh, you know, just stay at the sticks. Like we're getting a nice, easy, easy turnover here. Like, this is this is stupid, and that's not. It's not. It's like he didn't learn his lesson. It's just like, bet I won't oh. do it again. I'll do it again. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, go, it's like you know, it's literally yeah. Dan Campbell to a to a, He's like, he's like, I'm I'm way too masculine for my own good, and I'm going to put my team the better of the team. Uh, you know, I can't I can't like carpent uh, mentalize. You know. What's going on, in my ego? So I have to, like, you know, force it and go for it on these situations where, yeah, if you if you do kick a three, kick a three, a couple of situations early, then you keep the game close and you're playing against a rookie quarterback. It puts more pressure on the rookie quarterback if the game's close than if he jumps out to a, you know, a 13, 14, 20, 29 point in the end point lead in the when it's all said and done. Like, that's Crazy. very, that's that's smooth sailing for a rookie. That means I can run the ball. I can throw when I want to throw, you know, that, you know, the defense has to play extra aggressive. So those throwing lanes are going to be more wide open, you know, obviously Ramondre in the running game, just gashing them and gashing them for, you know, 168 yards or whatever it was like uh, it, it's, it, it just made the whole day super easy for Bailey Zappy, And that's, uh, that's, that, that's what I think, you know, it should look like anytime we have a Patriots quarterback and we run this type of an offense that's conservative and everything like, Hey, you you should we should do well against the teams that wanna like do these like fourth and nines and give us the ball in great field territory. That's about playing in the Belichick's hand. You know what I mean? Like he's he's so much of a you know field position guy, like we'll punt him down there, we'll oh, yeah. play good defense, we'll get the ball back, we'll drive, you know what I mean? when you may start, you know, not you know, going away from that type of a game and you don't have the guys to do it. It's one thing when it's, like, Miami and it's fourth and nine and it's, Mm -hmm. like, he's throwing it to Tyreek Hill on, like, a a nasty, like, over-the-middle, like, glance post route. Like, that, you know what I mean? That, like, and and plus that offensive coordinator is a lot more scary than, you know, whatever's going on with Dan Campbell over there. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, like, it's it's a completely different scenario against another team, but, like, but, you know, if you're going to play that way, you better have, like, the plays to do it and the guys and and the players to do it, you know?
0: Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I think your Dan Campbell impression is spot on and hilarious, by the way. But that's uh, yeah, I don't understand it. And then um, just going back to that fourth and nine, obviously it ended up being the strip sack from Judon brought back for a touchdown. So not only. Patriots were only up six nothing at that point. You can kick the field goal, get right back into the game, or you can do something stupid and end up having it be a defensive touchdown. Obviously, they're not thinking that that's going to happen, but it turns that way. That's a huge momentum swing. That's more of a 10 point swing than just a seven point swing that they ended up turning it into anyways. It's crazy to me that they were able to do that. And then, like you said, Bill Belichick is wanting to do that plan. Even if you had Tom Brady behind center, he's trying to do that field position plan. He doesn't. Of course, he's going to do it with a rookie quarterback that he has no confidence in. So you're just giving him the opportunity to. And yeah, like you said, just like, uh, all right, I'll take it. Like if you're you're just going to do this for me. All right, fine. Whatever. That works. But another part of it that you mentioned, Ramondre Stevenson had an absolutely career game so far. I know this is only his second season, but yeah, like you said, over 160 yards rushing the ball on 25 attempts. Now I will say that a part of that is because Damian Harris obviously went down with the injury after playing about six or seven snaps, something like that. So it was a Ramondre game the rest of the way because they didn't even – uh, you know roster any other running backs there was only the two running backs to start off so once one of them goes down the rest is getting the ball the rest of the time it now looks like damian harris is going to be down for multiple weeks off of that injury which is terrible because i do like the two-headed monster that is damian harris and Ramondre stevenson but off of this offensive line and the way that they're playing and once again isaiah Win. Did his Isaiah win stuff, he still had a couple of bad penalties, a couple of bad, uh, you know, blown up plays where he gave up either, uh, you know, a stuffed run or I actually I don't think that there were any stacks, but he gave up some stuffed run attempts as well. So are you excited, though, overall to see what Ramondre Stevenson is going to be able to do now as he is going to be the number one back? I don't really know who they're going to bring up. Uh, what jj taylor to back him up or something like that they're gonna have to bring in other guys but it's going to be the romandre stevenson show are you excited to see what this kid can actually do with a full workload uh
1: i mean yeah i am excited obviously like i uh, i mean he's got he's a really talented running back and like patriots have been pretty good at like picking up these talented running backs past few years so it's like uh yeah like i want to see him like you know, progress and like get like 20 carries and this and that. But I also don't want it, you know, running backs in this game are very, very you know, not, I shouldn't say like delicate or anything, but like they, you know, they get because you're getting most of the carries or you're getting, you know, wear them down all the time on these plays by like these physical linebackers, safeties, D linemen, whatever it is, like mm-hmm. you're going to get bumps and bruises. And I don't know if I want Ramondre taking all these hits week six of the season this early and and, you know running them into the ground and then by the time like you know when we need him late in the year you know now he's banged up too and now we have damien coming off a hamstring and now he's in and out
0: those are some good points and we're going to let coach kameyer continue those points when we come back after this on 90.7 wkkl
2: the clap trap with your host zach clap
0: you're listening to the conversation I had with Coach Kamaya right now talking about the running back situation for the Patriots with Damian Harris's injury and Ramondre Stevenson beasting against the Lions. Yeah,
1: I think the like what you alluded to before, like the the next guy is almost more important to me right now, who that like, you know, filler spot's going to be, whether it is J.J. Right. Taylor or we drafted uh, a couple of guys this year, I think, a couple of running backs this year, well, I think yep. one in the third round um
0: yeah so, I think they put him down on the practice squad but I'm not sure uh where yeah, he so
1: I, whether we we bring him up or we bring in JJ and we, you know he starts getting more carries or whatever so uh it'll be definitely intriguing to see who's uh taking more of those snaps in in the running back game uh when you know Ramondre comes out of the game so right um I, di- I did notice that they you know, they were using a lot more you know, what? because they only had the two backs, especially after Ramondre uh was the only one left after Damien got hurt. Uh it looks like they were going with a more spread set. And I think right. that plays into the fact that, you know, Bailey Zappi played in spread sets his whole career. Uh so I think like, you know, I think that's gonna be anything to help Ramondre and help the running game is the fact that now you have a kid that, you know, his skill set is to spread the ball out and get the ball in, out out to the receivers, out to the playmakers. So defenses, in turn, have to respect that. They have to play their nickel corners and their outside linebackers out on these guys a little bit more. All right, so that way they're not getting free releases off the line. It's not making it easy for Zappi. But in turn, that's going to make it really easy. You're going to go against lighter boxes when you're giving the ball to Ramondre up the middle. Uh, you're not going to be going up against these, you know, seven, eight-man eight boxes instead, if, if if Bailey Zappi can prove he can get the ball out to the playmakers on the edge, then, you know, you got to respect that, and, and that's going to open up more lanes for Ramondre, you know? So yeah. I, I, I I I do like Ramondre being in there, and I just want to see, uh you know, who the next guy is going to be, and I want to see how the offense responds uh to try to maybe make things easier for Ramondre and at the same time make things easier for Bailey Zappi.
0: Yeah, no, I think you made a great point. It really is. You don't want to get your now what we're considering number one running back banged up now because he's the only guy that you have left. So, yes, I do think I agree with you. It's going to be very important who's going to be able to spell him in this roster and give him a, you know some time off, but still be productive because that's going to be a big factor. Because I, we all know that the offensive line is coming together and Trent Brown is like, let me run the ball to the left side. I want to kill some people and that kind of stuff. That's great. But if the guy holding onto the ball can't do anything with it, then that's going to be a problem too. And that's why you love that two-headed monster of Harris and Ramondre. You have trust in both of those guys to take care of things. But it also, like you said, playing in the more spread offense just because Bailey was more comfortable in that one. And you could kind of test it out, honestly, against a really tough line or a really bad Lions defense that wasn't getting really any pressure and things like that. So it was really nice to see him – be able to feel a little more comfortable and and see how they're going to be able to do with that. Uh, But it is, it's going to be interesting to see if teams just kind of attempt to just stack that box going forward, try and stop the run game. Let's see if we can force Bailey Zappi to beat us in these games now, just because yeah, you would love that. I know, but I mean, he hasn't really gone. Like you said, it's not like he did anything crazy. He was more of a game manager in this one, just because he didn't really need to do anything. Right. He, He obviously, the Lions weren't proving that they could do anything when they could get into scoring position. They're just giving the ball back by going for it on stupid fourth downs. So Bailey Zappi was comfortable and didn't have to pass the ball a lot. It'll be interesting to see now going forward and what they're going to do with the wide receiver situation. You saw saw Tyquan Thornton coming back into the fold there, forced the ball to him a couple of times. It seemed to be okay. Glad to see him out there. And they tried to throw a deep ball to him one time. that looked absolutely terrible. By the way, a couple of the – Actually, the only deep balls that I saw from Bailey Zappi, not that great, to be honest with you. So I know I've heard things about the accuracy and everything. I'm still questioning if the kid can go downfield with the ball. We'll see what they're going to do against the Browns going forward. But were you happy, uh, happy with Zappi, but happy with kind of the way that he was working with some of the receivers. Obviously, Jacoby Myers coming back was a huge boost for this team, getting to see Tyquan Thornton go out there. And now they've gotten rid of a little Jordan Humphrey, which, you know, we like the name and everything like that, but he was doing nothing for the receiving core. So now you got in Tyquan Thornton, uh Parker, Myers. This team has a couple of weapons now, do you think that they're actually going to be able to pass the ball against a Browns defense? That's I would assume going to try and stop the run, right? They're going, they they have to after seeing what Ramondre just did to the Lions. That has to be a part of the game plan, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, I and then I think I think early on you're going to see that you know I think Zappy's going to like that, you know. I think that that makes his job easier now. Like these reads, like like you said, like you have. Parker, who he's liked early and often, it looks like, and it, you you have Jacoby Myers, who's obviously consistent over the middle and on third down, you know, and then you have Thornton, who allows you to stretch the field, and that's the thing. And with Thornton, you don't even need to complete, and that's and that's the, goes back to the thing with Randy Moss we had Randy Moss on the, on this team that had similar, you know, attributes in the speed and getting the ball down the field and whatnot, right? It's not even the fact that you complete the deep ball, right? It's the fact that now they have to respect the deep ball, right? It's not, that's, that's what opens it up for everybody else. You know, it's like, we, like, I, like we tell our quarterbacks, you know, well, our first read is always the deep ball in all of our pass plays. We we are looking deep first. You know what I mean? If that is open, we're taking it every time. You know why? Because the defense have to have to respect that the safeties have to play over the top. They can't hammer down in the run game. They can't hammer down in our shorter intermediate throws. Uh, and it really opens things up for your pass game and your running game when you have somebody who stretches the field like that. So that's the thing. It's like with Taekwon out there, man, we'll throw you comebacks. We'll throw you goes. we you post corner routes, whatever it is to get the ball down the down the field. Well, whether it's complete or it's not or it's a pass interference or whatever it is. It's going to help benefit the offense just because now they have to respect it, even if we aren't hitting them early.
0: Coach Kamire's on a roll, but we're going to take another break here, and when we come back, we'll let him finish his thoughts on the Patriots here on 90.7 WKKL.
2: The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp.
0: We're talking all things Patriots-Lions right now and Bailey Zappi's performance. Let's get back to it.
1: That is one of the drawbacks with Zappi is that, you know, he doesn't have the greatest arm strength in the world he's not, this is not, Uh, you know, this isn't Ryan Mallet. This is not, you know what I mean? Somebody who can just throw the ball 80 yards in the air. This is more of your, like, I'm going to, I can put the ball anywhere you want me to put the ball within 25 yards. And that, and that's my game. If we watched him in college, that's what he did. He friggin just dinked and dunked and completed and completed and completed like 71% or whatever he threw for yeah. in college. Like, it's pre- It's pretty friggin' good at any level. At any oh, yeah. level, you're completing over seventy percent of your passes. You're 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 in an elite te- elite uh category there. So, um, hopefully that continues, and then we have you know the reemergence hopefully of Devonte uh, of uh, Devonte Parker being in there, and then you have Kendrick Bourne, who's kind of, uh, I hopefully coming along more because I, I I really would like to see Aguilar's role lessen and lessen as we move forward because. I mean, one thing that Belichick hates is turnovers. He's like, if you turn the ball over on offense, and, and you know, like that one, that one last week is inexcusable. That okay. is an absolute laser dime in the hands of the. I, I was trying to see if I could blame Zappy for that one. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, Zappy probably threw it behind him. Like he probably, you know, he they probably, you know, did they threw too high or something. It was probably yeah. too high and hot. And okay. then I saw the ball, and I was like. He hit him in the numbers in the hands <laughs> and my man just like gave it to the other team dude yeah like agui and then you fumble the game away a few weeks ago it's like you Brutal. know like Be- Bel probably had his at his, his ass win with this guy like it uh, uh, like what was the, what was the eagles like fire thing like the dude said like the, I didn't drop it like Aguilar when he caught the baby jumping out, right, of, the, uh, out right. of the
2: fire at the, the
1: flaming house or whatever. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. please,
1: let's just not throw the ball to Aguilar anymore. All right, that's right, I'm done.
0: <laughs> he's, he's he, yeah, it's been brutal. I don't understand it. And then you see, you know, Kendrick Bourne just barely gets in there, and then he's fighting with Belichick on the sideline. So you can tell that he's obviously melting back to some of the coaches, and that's ruining his role. So then it's like, well, we don't have anyone else. Let's put Aguilar in there. So now I'm happy that Taekwond's coming back because at least even though it's not the same role as a wide receiver, maybe he's doing, you know, what, and I'm not always best with this, but he's doing the X, one of them's doing the Y, that kind of thing. I know that that moved Aguilar back into a different position, just getting Devontae Parker, but he can't do anything. If he's just going to fumble the ball, like you said, or he's going to bat it up into the air out of nowhere on a, a ball that should have been caught, then I'm sorry, dude, you need to sit for at least a couple of games and figure yourself out. I don't care how much money we're paying you. That obviously is never really on Belichick's mind anyways, he's more about the the turnovers and things like that. So I don't know. That is a frustrating thing that's happening right now. And we need to see more Tyquan Thornton and hopefully more Kendrick Bourne if he doesn't piss any more coaches off. But it seemed like Belichick was fine with him afterwards. They asked him about Kendrick Bourne and they were like, I love him. I love his passion, all that kind of stuff. So maybe it was constructive arguing. I don't know what actually happened there. We can't, I can't read lips. So I don't know, but it seemed like he, he has, Kendrick Bourne has no problem talking back to the coaches, and that's probably why his, his role has been lessened, I would assume, right? That's got to be it.
1: Yeah, that, the tight end was supposed to be on the line of scrimmage, and he was, that's you what could it was. see but there, before the play, he was trying to tell him, get up, get up, because I'm off on this set, you know what I mean? And then they obviously snapped the ball with too many people in the backfield, and they pulled. Uh, initially that's one where like you just look at it real quick as a coach and you're like oh born screwing us again like get born out like that's what patricia probably said because he's right. in Patricia's this dog but she's like "Oh, get born out of there he's he messed up even though born was like probably went over to belichick listen i'm off the line i was right he was off you know i mean that's what that right. exchange right there. Uh, and, and that happens that happens at every level you know you get someone that forgets to hop on the line when they're supposed to be on and you know what I mean and then you're you're quick to blame it at, at first glance you're like you, you know maybe pull off the wrong guy and then you and then you're like oh yeah you're right you know you probably you, you should have been off and then he should have been on you're right
0: yeah you know no, so
1: that's the pose thing
0: It comes down to that whole situation and the player who knows more in that situation is Kendrick Bourne, it seems. So uh, yeah, that's frustrating. And uh, you hope that he can make his way back into getting more of a role because the more of those players we have, the better it's going to be for Bailey Zappi. The more options he has, the more, like you said, it's not even necessarily about completing things. It's about having a threat to be able to complete things. So uh we'll see how things go with him, with Bailey Zappi. He can't really cr- criticize Bailey Zappi for this one. Like I said, it's not like he did it. He didn't do anything crazy. He was more of a game manager, but that's what the game dictated. And, you know, even Tom Brady will be a game manager if the game dictates that. So you can't really base anything on this Z- Zappi performance, if you ask me. I obviously, I've been on the side of, you know, he's not going to be the quarterback going forward, but this isn't something where, you know, this performance would tell me he's a bad quarterback or he's a good quarterback. It's just kind of a, you know, whatever it is, what it is. So that is Bailey Zappi at this point. We'll see how he does against the Browns, assuming that he's going to be quarterbacking them. If anything, it just makes the Patriots feel better that, okay, at least we can throw this kid out there and he's not going to, you know, crap his pants while he's out there. He's going to be okay and, and be able to at least hand the ball off or hit some easy wide open receivers. And we'll see what happens in the future with him. All right, we're going to take another break. But when we come back, I'm going to talk about another player that's on the defensive side of the ball that I was really excited about on 90.7 WKKL.
2: The Claptrap with your host, Zach Clapp.
0: You're listening to my conversation with Coach Kameyer about the Patriots-Lions game, talking about the performances that we really liked in this one. But there was another player that we brought up in the last show that I had you on. It was all about Zappy Fever, and then it was also also all about Mr. Jack Jones coming out, and I had asked you if he is legit. I am starting to think at this point that this kid – is legit I know it's only two games I don't care what anyone else says that one once again stepping in front of that route making that play and having the wherewithal to get your feet down in bounds while contorting your body in midair was absolutely fantastic he also had a couple of other tackles in the game Jack Jones is here to stay even with Jalen Mills in the game he's still getting a role I'm excited about Jack Jones are we ready? Are you also ready to call Jack Jones legit? Because I am. Jack Jones is here, and he's here to stay.
1: Uh, you know, it, it kind of goes back to the same thing I said last week about Jack Jones. Like Jack Jones is, is like, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pretty good cornerback. You know, he plays he plays well and everything. Like I said, his own guy makes plays based off of the coverage, and he can he's able to read the quarterback's eyes really well, and then, you know, make a play on the football in the air. And that's what he's shown time and time again so far. Um, though Still, and with Jack Jones, it's like you have to go up against a big dog first. Like, let me see you against somebody like worth, like somebody on the Bills roster, like a Gabe Davis or a Stefan Diff. And then we can really evaluate what level this guy is at. Is he Pro Bowl caliber or – has he just done well against bad teams? You know what I mean? Right, like right. that's, that's what I'm waiting to see with Jack Jones, but like, I do love it early and often. He's a rookie and he's got two picks, you know, he's, if he keeps playing like this, he'll be, uh, you know, he'll be battling with the other lines, rookie for the defensive player of the year it, uh, when it's all said and done January. So um, yeah, I'm excited for it. I want to see, see him like continue to progress and keep getting more of these big plays on defense, everything. And then we'll see what he does once he plays some uh, legitimate competition.
0: Well, now he's going to go up against the Browns and see what he can do against that team. And there was another player uh, that just went up against the Browns that the Patriots used to have. And he got absolutely cooked by a player by the name of uh, Amari Cooper. So now Jack Jones is going to get a chance to maybe I would love more than anything to see Jack Jones step in front of a pass from Jacoby Brissett to Amari Cooper and take that one uh, back for the Patriots at this point, because I don't know if you saw it, and I'm going to jump kind of from the Patriots topic just to crap on a former Patriot, but J.C. Jackson got absolutely cooked by the Browns in this game. I don't know if you saw it, but he had that little uh, Amari left him in no man's land. He was completely lost like he was on ice skates little in cut out cut out to the sidelines tiptoe grab along the end zone uh great job by Amari Cooper but I, I, I mean this is the Amari Cooper that is nowhere near what he was in the Cowboys days and he's being thrown to by Jacoby Forsett of all people and just absolutely cooked JC Jackson are you surprised at all that J.C. has had such a bad start to his career with the Chargers at this point? He's been a complete no-show, and now he's being exposed, it seems, at different times. Did you get to see that? Have you, have you been noticing J.C. Jackson? Because I've been watching.
1: Dude, no. I mean, like, does anybody know what Ellis Hobbs did after he left? Does anybody know what Asante Samuel did after he left? Does anybody know what Malcolm Butler did after he left? Does anybody know? Like, I do. Like, yeah, like they were trash. They were just weren't as good as when they were on the pads. Like all these guys, we can go down the list and there's like there's so many occurrences of the Patriots doing well, finding guys that fit their system, their defense. And then because they fit so well, they excel to these like phenomenal like plays and like they can they can uh they you know they get some Pro Bowls and they become like you know, they become like um, almost on this Darrell Rebus level or the Stefan Gilmore level when realistically they're just some fourth round pick who's got like average abilities in the NFL. But then when you go put them in a different defense and a different scheme, now you're forced to do things that you weren't forced that you weren't doing when you were on the Patriots and now you're being exploited. You know what I mean? That's what, that's what's been happening to a lot of these cornerbacks that leave the Patriots after having a couple of good years. And then, and then you go, you go on, you get your big contract you go play for these other teams. That's awesome. You got paid, but, now you're forced. Now he's like, all right, JC. Now we're gonna play you in some like cover two, bump and run, or whatever, whatever, whatever. Whatever he's not used to, and now, now he's all of a sudden he's just not playing. Uh, to us it looks like he's not playing at that same level. Uh, but in reality, he's just not comfortable with the with the scheme that he's in currently now.
0: Yeah, he's got the defensive coordinator looking at him like, hey, man, you're supposed to be our number one quarterback. You can't cover Amari Cooper in the flat right now? What the heck is going on? You can't figure this whole situation out. I thought you were an opportunistic guy who gets interceptions all the time. But J.C. Jackson is really just another guy. And that's why I was so against everybody who was like, you need to sign J.C. Jackson. You need to – why aren't you giving him a big contract? We're making such a huge mistake, all this kind of stuff. Come on. He's he's not any – special he's getting exposed now by Amari Cooper who's nowhere close to a top tier wide receiver in my opinion so I mean it's just validation as far as I'm concerned that you know the Patriots made the right decision there and now my newest hot take is something that you're going to have to wait to find out as we're going to take a break right now on 90.7 WKKL but keep it right here for more of the clap trap after this
2: the clap trap with your host Zach Clapp
0: You're listening to my conversation with Coach Kameyer, and I'm about to give you my newest hot take about a Patriots player and a former Patriots player. Let's get into it. Jack Jones, better than J.C. Jackson.
1: I saw that tweet.
0: I said it. That's what I'm going with right now. I'm going to stick with it for as long as I possibly can. So that one, uh, that one, we'll see how that turns out. But I'm loving the fact that JC in that division specifically, he's going to get torched left and right. He still has to go against Patrick Mahomes. He still has to go against that. Whatever you want to say about, about the Raiders, but going against Devonte Adams. And, you know, these, these are the types of situations where have fun, buddy you're not going to be anywhere near what that contract suggests so just wanted to get that one in there to crap on jc jackson again but i did have one last topic that i wanted to talk about i know you got to get going soon here But there was one other thing that happened, and I was really upset about it because I was gambling on the game. But it also happened multiple times this weekend. I need to get your opinion on the whole roughing the passer situation. The first one happened with Tom Brady at the end of the game against the Falcons, and he complained about what was one of the easiest-looking wrap-up tackles, no inappropriate behavior, nothing bad that happened to Tom Brady. If anything, the player was trying to get off him at the end, and Brady tried to kick him as he was getting off. And then you had also in the Monday night game, Mahomes gets wrapped up once again, late in that game as well. That's another roughing the passer. So is the league going into a terrible place right now? I know that that's like a, the talk of the town right now, but are we going to be heading towards two hand touch at some point for these quarterbacks? I, I mean, this is ridiculous. If you've seen both of those plays, I, I mean, I know that you're more of an offensive minded guy, being a former wide receiver, but even you got to look at that and be like, come on, how is he supposed to tackle him, right?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of things going on with this. It's, uh, it's first off, you know, it's Tom Brady. The The dude has been in the NFL for 25 some odd years. I don't True. even know at this point. And it's like, yes, he deserves calls. You know what I mean? Just like Michael Jordan, you know, when you're that dominant sure. for that long, we you're the greatest ever. You're going to get calls. They're going to let you take an extra step sometimes. They're going to draw a foul that maybe wasn't there. They're going to, you know what I mean? You're going to get calls because you are, you know, a Patrick Mahomes or a Tom Brady or whatever, right? Uh, So I think that has some level to it. I think that, like, I think, like, I think they actually showed, I think uh, Marcus Mariota getting drilled in the, like, right underneath the chin in the same week. Uh, and there was no call Definitely. at all. And that, now it's yeah. like one of those things where it's like, it's Marcus Mariota. Who cares? You know what I mean? <laughs> like the NFL is like, Marcus Mariota gets hurt. Who cares? But yeah. if Tom Brady gets hurt or Patrick Mahomes get hurt, they lose money. So, right. like, they, they, they can't get those guys hurt. It's a business, you know? So they can't right. get those guys hurt. That's, and that's half of it. The other half of it is I think this is a little bit of a, you know, we saw Tua go down with the bad concussion stuff. The concussion stuff is hot right now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So this is the NFL being like, and look at how Tua got like the bad one where he was holding his hands up and fencing, right? And it it was the exact similar type of a tackle where mm-hmm. he was grabbed around the waist, spun around and thrown to the ground. And because of that, because of that, um you're gonna have you're gonna have more refs, you know, seeing that type of a tackle as, you know, a dangerous play. And that is what is left, uh, kind of vague with this whole roughing the passer thing, is that it 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 doesn't even have to be a direct blow to the head or a direct blow to the knee. It right. could be, uh, as simple as a you know a play that they just thought they were a little bit too rough on the quarterback with. You know what I mean? That's what the 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 rule is determined as is like you know if it was more aggressive than it had to be. Now, in this case with Tom Brady, clearly that was not the case. The dude made a picture-perfect tackle, wrapped up. I don't even think Tom Brady hit the ground. I think he landed on the player. <laughs> yeah, so, what are you supposed to do? You I mean? So this one was egregious. But I'm saying, like, there's levels to peel back on this where, like, why something like this was called, why you get, uh you know, a roughing the passer in this scenario is not, you know – just based off the tackle, it's based off the circumstances of what happened with, uh, with, with concussions in the NFL and quarterbacks right now and, uh, you know, the longevity uh, and the superstar, uh, uh, you know, realm that Tom Brady or Patrick Mahomes live in as compared to some of these other quarterbacks who take similar hits and don't get those calls.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, you're spot on. That's really what it is. Uh, Like I had said, my uh, fiance, Kristen said that it wasn't a roughing the passer call. It was a roughing the Brady call. That seems pretty obvious at this point uh, that, you know, uh, the, he, the NFL is going to be the NFL. Like you said, they want to be able to make money at all times. If they get their star quarterbacks hurt, they're not going to make as much money. So that's what it comes down to. That's when they actually put their foot down and change rules and change things that happen. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Terrible, terrible calls, terrible calls. But yeah, it's, it is who it is. But all right, that's everything that I got questions for you. Well, actually, give me give me one more point then. What do you got?
1: I got one more take because we're talking about Tom Brady, and I just want to throw this out here just for oh, boy. you. Okay. All right. Okay. But hey, Tom Brady, first career start ever. Okay. 13 for 23, 168 yards with a 58 or 56.5 completion percentage. Uh, no touchdowns. All right, and got sacked twice. Is Bailey Zappi the next Tom Brady?
0: Get out! Get out! Of, get out of here! All right! All right! That's gonna
1: snipples. do it. I'm getting the sniffles, bro.
0: That was ridiculous. There's no chance. He is not Tom Brady. He will not be anyone. I can't do this anymore. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I get Bailey Zappi off this team. I can't wait to trade this kid for a bunch of draft picks. That's all I care about right now. <laughs> I'm That's get fan. be He's as good, win awesome. as many games as you can, throw as many touchdowns as you can, so we can trade your ass off this team for draft picks. That's all I care about. He's not gonna be anybody. It's
2: made the go. to go. It's All it's right. made to
0: go. <laughs> well, I appreciate you coming on, coach. We'll have you on again next week. We'll see what happens with the Browns game and we'll have more to talk about then. Thank you for coming on thanks buddy all right as i said that's going to do it for today's episode of the claptrap just want to say thank you to anyone tuning in to 90.7 wkkl to listen along if you miss any part of the show it'll be up as a podcast wherever podcasts are found just search the claptrap you can also go on wkkl.fm and find all of the latest podcasts for the station any of the shows as well so give that a look and we are up on YouTube as well now. Just search The Claptrap on YouTube if you want to see this goofy smile and these ridiculous faces I make whenever I make these Claptrap-type takes. That is where you will find it all. We'll be back later in the week to give you the gambling picks and other topics as the week goes on in sports. We have the Bruins about to start their season. Excited to see what that team is going to be all about So we'll talk about them later on in the week. Keep it right here on 90.7 WKKL for more of the Capes Classic Alternative. That was the Claptrap. Later.